This is Speaking of Faith, First Person. This online exclusive is part of our continuing search for fresh ways to think and talk about the current economic crisis. I'm Kate Moose, managing producer of Speaking of Faith. Here I speak with Prabhu Guptara. He's a business analyst at a major Swiss bank. Prabhu, in what ways do you consider this a moral or a spiritual crisis? Is it a moral or spiritual crisis of your own, of our cultures, of our global economy? Well, Kate, the crisis is one of trust, beginning with the trust that was placed in the political leadership of the United States by the citizens of the United States, which was violated by them in that they put in place legislation that enabled uh, the conditions to come into being, which led to the present disaster. And I find it really a moral outrage that in all the discussions that have taken place of why the current crisis came about, or has come about, uh, there's been no discussion of the role of lawmakers in all this. Mm, Say more about that. Well, you know, up as a result of the of the Depression, 1929 to 1933, um, the Glass-Steagall Act was put in place, which separated commercial banking, investment banking, mortgages, and, and all that sort of thing, so that there were different pots, as it were, in which money was placed. Now, in 1999, that law was revoked, even though it was absolutely clear to everybody that mixing these different kinds of finance would lead to the kinds of problems we've had. The result of removing the, the Glass-Steagall Act and the result of further legislation in 2000 was that banks no longer had to keep mortgages that they issued or, or mortgage companies of various sorts did not have to put um, the mortgages that they issued on their own books, mm-hmm. but could uh, slice and dice these mortgages, package these mortgages, and sell them on. And that is where, of course, the whole problem began. You know, we we accuse people of having sold subprime mortgages or mortgages to people who should not have had these given their income, which is true. But we we very rarely ask why did banks, they were not doing this sort of thing, Mm -hmm. or companies that were not doing this sort of thing through their history, suddenly start doing these things in the last three or four years, or six years or eight years. And the reason why they started doing that was because legislation changed. Mm -hmm. And do you see this as uh, a moral issue for the uh, lawmakers responsible? What what would be the uh, moral forward-looking solution at this point? Well, that, uh, in order to get to that, we then have to understand that the crisis didn't start simply because of that. The crisis started because bets were placed then on two different things. And the legislation, of course, did not regulate these kinds of bets that were being placed. Bets were placed, first of all, on the actual products, and then bets were placed on the banks or on the companies uh, that bought these products or on the institutions that bought these products. And as as the subprime housing started coming into question because of rising commodity prices, which were themselves a result of speculation, then people could not pay their bills when it came to their mortgage payments. Mm -hmm. And that is, of course, what led to the unwinding of the whole lot. Mm -hmm. Now, some people, of course, would argue um, that the free market, 
behaves like a free market, and uh, this is perhaps an overdue correction, but that morality um, really has no bearing on the matter. Oh, some people take that point of view because they're committed to that point of view, and uh, you know, but it's it's not a point of view that holds up to any examination. We have free markets in England. We have free markets in Germany. We have free markets in Japan. There are different kinds of free markets around the world. And free markets in the United States did not produce this result that we've seen in the last eight years in the free market before that. So we've got to ask what changed as a result of which we have the present crisis. Mm -hmm. And what changed was that the United States legislative bodies refused to control or regulate hedge funds, derivatives, and all the betting that goes on around them. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is what led to the present crisis. Mm -hmm. So the first thing we need to do is to bring this whole overhang of betting, gambling, uh, into line with reality. You know, at the end of September, the amount of money that was involved in, in hedge funds, derivatives, CDOs, CDSs, and all these sophisticated, so-called sophisticated financial instruments, was, at least by one calculation, $1,144 trillion. Mm. Mm. And that needs to be seen in the context of the fact that global wealth that is produced in one year is only $54 trillion. Mm. Mm-hmm. So here is here is a whole industry that should never have come into being. Mm-hmm. Now, Prabhu, I want to ask you this. When we spoke to you now, it seems as though it were many years ago, perhaps three or mm-hmm. four years ago. Yes. And we talked to you more generally about what was then a crisis in America regarding uh, company names like uh, Enron. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the the subject was perhaps more broad in the sense that you were discussing with Krista the the... Uh, failure of moral value in industry, in Mm -hmm. business, and Mm -hmm. in the workplace. Mm -hmm. And and, um, you, at that time, noticed that there is, generally speaking, a laying aside of one's own personal moral framework when Mm -hmm. it comes to business. I think one of your uh, points of view at the time was that this was a mistake, that in other words, we should cultivate and enrich our uh, religious or moral framework from which to um, function in industry, in business, in the workplace. How might that have made a difference in this situation? It might have made a difference at various places. You know, it was a chain of things, one after the other, uh, which has uh, caused the problems that we're in. So it might have caused, for example, people selling mortgages to people who should never have had them to think, am I doing the right thing? It might have caused people who were buying these mortgages to think, am I doing the right thing? It might have caused legislators to think, am I doing the right thing in passing this kind of legislation? So at every point, you know, it might have acted as a safeguard if people had in fact applied their moral sense to what they were doing. But, of course, the problem has been uh, globally in in, in all cultures, you know, over the last 20 years or so, that we have become more and more greedy individually and at the same time more and more frightened individually. On the one hand, we can make huge amounts of money if if we're, you know, if we're reasonably intelligent 
and uh, reasonably well-educated and happen to be in the right place, as it were, we can make huge amounts of money. On the other hand, if we are not well-educated, or if we happen not to be in the right place, um, we make nothing. And so the, the problem is that we've created the global system in which we have a choice between having a lot and having nothing. Mm. Whereas traditionally, you know, you went to your farm, you did your base, and of course you waited for the rains, but... Uh, uh, really, at the end of the day, you got something. Mm-hmm. It's not a very good choice, everything or nothing. Exactly. And so we need to reconstruct the global system in such a way that we don't, we don't present this vista of uh, unimaginable riches on the one hand uh, to people who happen to be very young or, or middle-aged or whatever, but you know, very well qualified, and nothing on the other hand if they don't want to play this, this particular set of games that they're being presented with. Mm-hmm. Tell me, um, Prabhu, what what are you doing? I mean, there is no one who is exempt from this situation. Mm-hmm. Various people are um, suffering or experiencing it more or less tangibly. What what are the resources you bring to this in your own life? There you are. I, I don't want to use a cliche, but as a matter of speaking, in the belly of the beast, you are in the banking industry. What what do you bring today um, to help cope with what is going on and to help the people you work with? Well, first of all, one must begin in a situation like this uh, by um, trusting in God, because one must trust that somewhere uh, there is someone who one can call upon in order to maintain one's own peace of mind and in order to keep one's own moral sense and uh, mental balance in a a situation as bad as this. Uh, You know, we are in a situation where, according to World Bank figures, by this spring, that is eight months ago or whatever, 100 million people had been freshly thrust into poverty as a result of the crisis that we're going through. Mm. And that was already the case eight months ago or whatever it was, when spring began, when the, when the figures were released. Now, any human being who just has a normal sensitivity to what's going on, you know, how do you cope with knowing that the system, which was beginning to rescue people out of poverty, has actually thrust them back into poverty? Mm-hmm. Now, if you're aware of these kinds of things and you're just normally humanly sensitive, you know, you're just torn by things like this. Mm. And you need to have some supernatural point of reference which keeps your mind and heart calm and enables you to act sensibly or at least halfway sensibly in, in the kind of situation in which we are. So the first issue is, the first issue is emotional, mental, spiritual, uh, in terms of peace, in the circumstances we are in, situation we are in. Um, when we spoke to you again some time ago, you described yourself, as I recall in that program, as a person of Hindu descent and a follower of Jesus. Is that still how you would describe yourself? And oh, how yes. Does, yes. What, I'm a Hindu follower of Jesus. That's right. Mm-hmm. And, and how does that, what does that look like for you in terms of where you look for your own solace or your own wisdom or leadership um, to make it through this? Well, I look, for, I look to two sources. One is to um, Jesus, personally, as it were, to Jesus the person, and secondly, uh, to the Bible. Hmm. And these are the two sources to which I go to give me the uh, peace of mind, as I say, in terms of my relationship with God, and secondly, the categories 
moral and intellectual by which I look at economics or politics or whatever it is um, you know, that I'm involved with in, in my daily life in the world that I live in. And um, would you have particular passages or particular uh, books or, or thinkers that you might uh, offer to people and to our listeners as, as sources they, they might find useful and in the circumstance? There, there, there is a very interesting book written by Michael Schluter, S-C-H-L-U-T-E-R, Michael Schluter and others, edited by Michael Schluter, uh, titled The Jubilee Manifesto. And that's a very good book because it relates... Uh, the Bible in a very simple and understandable way to what's going on in our world and demonstrates that God had made clear to human beings through the Jewish people exactly the kinds of principles on the basis of which he wanted human life uh, to be constructed. And these are very broad but very simple principles. Um, And if we took heed of even some of them, we don't have to you know, kind of keep in mind all of them uh, if we don't want to. But even if we kept very simple things in mind, they would make a lot of difference. Uh, For example, the keeping of the Sabbath. What is the keeping of the Sabbath all about? It is saying, I could work, I could be productive on this day, but I deliberately choose not to be productive on this day so that I can orient myself to something other than what is material. And if our society just took that very simple, one simple thing uh, into account, it would release us to a huge extent from the kinds of mental ills. You know, our hospitals around us in in advanced countries are full of people who are suffering from stress-related illnesses. And a lot of these stress-related illnesses would disappear if we took the time every seventh day to just relax, stop rushing around, and do something completely different, whether it's going for a walk on the beach, whether it's spending time with friends, whether it's listening to music, or whatever else, instead of filling our lives with stress and with material uh, preoccupations as we do. And there are very simple principles given there by which we can release ourselves from the materialism of our society. That was Prabhu Guptara. To hear more of our coverage, subscribe to our podcast or visit speakingoffaith.org.